All right. Hi, welcome to Shh, We're Reading Dirty Books. This is Kalina. And this is Selat. And we're happy to be back with you guys. Yeah, we are a podcast who reads and reviews paranormal romance novels. So please, or uh, thank you, not please. <laughs> please turn us up. Please tune us in. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Um, we're excited to talk yeah. about this book. Um, but first, we're going to talk... How's your sex yeah. life? What's what's up? <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> uh, nothing to report on that front at the moment. Okay. Someday. We'll get <laughs> things back together. <laughs> it's hard. It is. It's a challenging year. Full of dumb shit. All sorts of stupid shit. Yep. Yeah. For sure. So. In the world of our time... Not podcast time. It's almost Thanksgiving. Yes. In podcast world, it's almost Christmas, but... Yes. <laughs> but when we're recording this, it's the week of Thanksgiving. Yeah. And no one's allowed to do anything because of COVID. <laughs> Except that everybody is still doing everything. Oh, don't even... Our I fucking literally... <laughs> airports. Can you fucking believe that? I No. I honestly... I mean, <sighs> I guess I should stop being surprised by humans. I guess that's true. humans continue to fucking surprise me with the choices that they make um i just saw a picture of a bar in fort lauderdale that just reopened after being kind of closed and it was wall to wall people unmasked oh my god packed in like sardines just this week in the middle of our biggest spike i'm sorry because they reopened it and i was like well we all get to die now thank you this is fucking why Mother Nature is just like, okay, you fuckers You're deserve too it. Stupid to live. You guys are dumb. <laughs> dumb. They've been trying to eradicate you for years. I guess this one is going to do it. Yep. So. Oh my God. That's so oh, stupid. Oh, well. well so. What are you planning for Thanksgiving now that it's over while they're listening? <laughs> <laughs> we are. So, uh, my little family has six people in uh, Denver. It's, you know, Patrick and I, my brother and his girlfriend and my parents, and we're not going to get together because everybody works outside the home. Yeah. So everybody has a pretty high, like a larger exposure. And even though we've been being careful, it's just that's too much for everyone. Absolutely. My parents are in their 70s. So we split the Christmas, or sorry, we split the Thanksgiving meal among the three households. So I'm doing turkey, gravy, and cranberry sauce and rolls. Nice. And mom's doing ham and sugar pie. And Alex and his girlfriend are doing uh, stuffing and potatoes and pumpkin pie. And then mom's going to drive around and everyone's going to divide it into thirds. Yes. And send away two pieces to be delivered to the other two households. So all households will get a full meal. That's awesome. Yeah. So everyone, but no one has to cook the whole thing by themselves. That's amazing. Yeah. What a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I thought of it. That was mine. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> well, great minds, because we were actually going to do something similar to that, but within this, uh, the fourplex that we have here in the tenants, mm-hmm. um, we were like, um, we've got some tenants that are from out of state, and they're not going back home because they're responsible young ladies who want to, <laughs> you know, be part of the cure. Stay safe the cure. stay healthy. Yes. Um, so they're not <laughs> traveling back home. Uh, so then we were like, hey, let's set up something outside where we're all distanced if it's warm enough for us to do that. And we'll all make individual sets of food. So we'll all make mm-hmm. whatever dish we're making, split it into three different 
things, Mm -hmm. hang out outside for a little bit with our masks on, and then call it a good day. Mm -hmm. But there have been some exposure scares on their part. So we decided, okay, let's just cancel, unfortunately, but we guys stay safe and just, you know, make sure that we're part of the reason why things get better. And they're like, yeah, totally, absolutely. So now I'm just going to do fried chicken. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Fried chicken, mashed potatoes, and a few other sides. I am going to make pie, though. So which pie? I'm going to make a cherry pie and a chocolate pie, which Dan is really trying to convince me not to make because he says they're terrible. Chocolate Chocolate pies? Yeah. He says he's never had a good chocolate pie. But like chocolate silk pie? I think so. Like it's basically like putting in whipped cream in in a crust. I guess so. I don't know. I've never. Okay. I mean, yes. But he doesn't. But he's not a chocolate fan. No, he is a chocolate fan. He's not a candy fan. He loves. Well, okay. He loves chocolate cake and chocolate ice cream. Those are the chocolates he likes. So maybe okay. that's why he doesn't like the pie, but he says he's never had a good chocolate pie before. And so when Cass requested a, co- a chocolate pie, he said no right away. And I was like, well, wait, hold on. Atlas got to choose a pie. Cass can choose a pie, too. Mm-hmm. I was hoping they'd choose the same pie, but naturally they're, they, the, they're the worst twins why would, ever. <laughs> why would they choose? the No, even if they weren't like, no, that's, that doesn't make them the worst twins. They're smart twins. You get two pies. That's true. You obviously don't change the same pie. <laughs> They get two it's how pies. Like, it's how growing up, Alex's favorite drink was Coke and mine was Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> and I was the stubborn one who wouldn't drink Coke, but he was like, I'll drink fucking Pepsi. Yes. I don't care. So then he drank all my Pepsi up <laughs> until there was only Coke left. And then he's like, I get the rest I of the pop. And I was like, fuck. So he always had double pop Look and I only that. had like half the Pepsi. That is smart. So see, see, they're like, nah, this is good. We'll get <laughs> chocolate cake or chocolate pie and cherry pie. <laughs> Yeah, so they decided that they wanted those pies, and so that's what I will be doing tomorrow. Well, on the plus side, they picked two very different pies. That's true. Like, a cherry pie is a little bit more involved because there's a lot of the baking, the whole cherries and the pie and everything. But Mm -hmm. chocolate pie is easy. It's literally almost mixing, putting it together and putting it in a crust. (laughs) So, okay. Yeah, I mean... It's it's not... It's. I mean, it may not be those exact ingredients, but it is very close to that. that? Okay. It is essentially that. Okay. So at least you have an easy pie, like a a no-bake easy fridge pie and a baked pie. Awesome. They could have made really complicated choices, like a lemon fucking meringue or something oh i wouldn't have made it a meringue i'd be like no honey they don't make those anymore <laughs> covid covid uh, no got rid of those covid got rid of all the meringue yeah all the all of the meringue stuff is gone i've been on a cupcake kick and just making fucking tons and tons and tons of cupcakes it's really really bad for me yeah but uh it doesn't help no but that's okay they're tasty the- i mean <laughs> I <laughs> okay. I guess they're not. Dears me. <laughs> this last batch, I made lemon cupcakes, and they were good. But good. my cupcakes have been super dry. I've just not because mm-hmm. I asked you the other week or the other day, mm-hmm. and I think you're right. I did turn down the temperature and take it out sooner, so they were much much better. That's one of the um, high altitude tricks. Yeah, it, not the sooner so much as the turn down the oven. Okay, especially if they fall, if they're not staying domed, if they fall and collapse, you turn the oven down a little bit and adjust some of the ingredients, and that way the dome has longer to set. Okay, at our altitude. That's exactly what my first batch of chocolate cupcakes did. 
they just collapsed. Yeah. They looked terrible. That was that was the morning of Emily's wedding for me. Oh, no. <laughs> no. And then I called the hotline, the um, CSU hotline. Mm-hmm. And I was like, here's my exact recipe. They won't stay as cup because it was a cake recipe, of course. Yeah. Which naturally would have turned out fine. But I was trying to make them cupcakes because I'm annoying. <laughs> No, that's not true. I was making him cupcakes because cupcakes are easier to make a lot of than to make a big cake yes. oh for God, a wedding. They were so good. Like I can't do a big cake. I can make a normal cake, but yeah. I couldn't do a wedding cake. I don't have that kind a of skill. So I was like, I cake. Can- yeah, no, fuck that noise. But I can make cupcakes for days. Yes. <laughs> so I called the hotline, the exchange, and they. She told me all the things to do to adjust the ingredients and to t- to lower the temperature, and it it made them rise like butter. Nice. It was. It was beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah, but this altitude, we got a baking can be tricksy. I never at least would have thought ever that something like that would be, you know, a factor in baking. But it absolutely is. Mm -hmm. Because it's essentially chemistry. Yeah, that's exactly it. And altitude is, you know, the air pressure and the... And then we're dry, too. We're extra yes. dry here. So, like, flour can be completely different. Yeah, definitely. That's why I've really, especially with my sourdough. Man, this is a long, we have definitely gotten off track here. But <laughs> <laughs> One last thing, and then we'll move back into the book. But I, now that I make a sourdough, I have a sourdough starter that I started because of the quarantine. And I keep it, and I feed it, and I cook stuff with it. I have gone to strictly weighing up my dry ingredients wow. because it really does make a difference you can end up with way too much flour if you just do cups and those kind of recipes oh okay mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense so weighing it to the gram and actually knowing how much you're putting in is mm. much much better so anyway podcast oh, hey. books welcome hey. so for all of the people who like to skip our banter bullshit in the beginning welcome back <laughs> I bet you people do see it, but we're not consistent enough in no. how long we talk for. They have no idea. So that would be really hard. Also, I <laughs> think... Sometimes it's like a minute and sometimes it's like 30 minutes. It, sometimes it is. This is one of our longer ones. So, <laughs> yeah, it definitely isn't consistent. We're full of surprises. <sighs> okay. All right. Quickie time and then we jump in. Quickie. What is more important? Length or with. <laughs> and if you need me to specify, I mean I have dick. a sneaking suspicion. <laughs> oh, dick. <laughs> uh, girth. Yeah. Girth is definitely more important. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've said it before. I think I've said it on this podcast before, but I definitely have said it in life before. The uh, vagina has only so far. Yeah. And I know it can, with arousal, grow. The cervix can lower and raise at different times of the month. But mm-hmm. not, we're not talking like six inches, eight inches, 12 inches of movement. Someone's forearm, <laughs> perhaps. It's it's only so far. Yeah. And there's only so much space I have on my internal body mm-hmm. cavity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sometimes you read some of these books and they're like, it was the length of my forearm. I'm like, no, I no. don't need that in my... You're like, no. That's a quarter of my body. <laughs> that's really long. <laughs> that goes up to the bottom of my tits. Uh... Yeah, I don't... Ooh, no. dear. <laughs> Girth. I, I'm with you on that. I mean, length is important too, but not when it's that, that long. No, no, no. <laughs> 
But yeah, Garth, you can get, you know, it can hit different spots. It can really fill you up, mm-hmm. you know, that I like. Absolutely. But there is a point where that's too much, too. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find a situation think, where there is. I think, I think it matters um, how, like, aroused you are, like, how yeah. ready you are for that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've skipped all foreplay, then you can be like, no. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It starts out pretty small. Yes. That's when <laughs> you just, need the lube. You you live your life pretty tidy. Like, it's not <laughs> just flapping around out there. <laughs> <laughs> so the more foreplay you have, like, the more the muscles and the... Well, yeah. The, everything gets ready for you. Our vagina adjusts to the weather, you know, if, if it's... Just like penises. If, right, they get cold and they turtle. Right. Exactly. <laughs> If it's dry, then it's a little shriveled. If it's wet, then it's it's expanded because it's hot. Hot things expand. <laughs> oh, we're not scientists, guys. Oh, we don't know what we're all. talking we about. No fucking idea what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is the anatomy talk with don't, Colleen and Saylet. Please don't use this as sex ed for anybody. <laughs> I'd be embarrassed. <laughs> Oh my god. The girls from that sex podcast told us. Well, <laughs> not there's us. better ones about actual knowledge. Go, go read a book. I have. I, I can make suggestions. I've got a bunch <laughs> I've been reading. All right. Well, today we read a book. We did. An actual read a, with our eyeballs book. With words. And, uh, well, they all have words. <laughs> <laughs> Some are spoken, though. This one was not. And it was... It was... There you go. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait. I was like, I see you looking around. I'm like, did she throw <laughs> just her pen or her book too? <laughs> Deal with Her Dragon by Ruby Saroy. Yeah, narrated by the voices in our head. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. I think that's how her name, her last name is pronounced. We we, we looked it up online. Mm-hmm. We made the computer talk to us and tell us it was Saroy. So if we're wrong, we're sorry. We're, we're sorry. <laughs> the computer told us. The internet told us. We just believe everything <laughs> off the internet. And it <laughs> told us Saroy. Don't you believe what the internet tells you? So, um... <laughs> Clicks notes. This is book one in the Thor's dragons. Thor's sons. Thor's sons, sons of Thor's. Dra- okay, now we're making <laughs> shit up. That we know. <laughs> Guys, why do you even what? listen to me? <laughs> Thor's sons crave curves. There you go. Yay! <laughs> wow, fail. <sighs> Don't listen to us. Oh, we got there. Okay, we did get there. So, yes, Deal With Her Dragon, Thor's Sons Crave Curves by Ruby Saroy. Um, so this book, we meet Emily, and she's a witch in Sweden. Yeah. And she's got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Her business is not doing great. And so she wants to, she's, you know, she's in a coven and they try some magic to try to help, but it's just not enough. And so she decides to take drastic measures and she calls upon a dragon because apparently you can just ask dragons for help. Yeah. And they give wishes. They just do. They're like, they hey, grant shit. They're dragony. Gin dragon. Gin dragon. Gingerkin. Virginie. Virginie is better. Oh no. This is all. We're off to a bad start, guys. 
Oh my god. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get back on track. I'm sorry. So she's standing out in the forest. Uh, naked doing a dance and uh well i don't know if she was dancing but she was doing a spell and she has a familiar and it's a cat and he talks to her what was his name i forgot what was his name i love familiar cats or cat familiars <laughs> he was a main coon i know that he was awesome i loved him <laughs> anyway we'll think of it as we talk about it but anyway she's out there she's like come on dragon uh, I need your help. And Ragnar's flying around and he's like, who's this witch calling on me? Now, history, he hates witches. Mm-hmm. He's got some real bad blood with a witch in his past who almost killed him and took a bunch of his money out of his hoard. And really, that really pisses off dragons. They do not <laughs> like to lose their hoard. And uh, he's never gotten over it. And so he's like, I hate this bitch. And then he sees her and he's like, ooh, I love this bitch. She's pretty sexy. <laughs> so he's like... <laughs> He's instantly intrigued and he comes down and he's like, yeah, little witch, I'll grant you some witches. I'll I'll help you out. Let's fuck. Mm-hmm. Let me just <laughs> go they, down on you. Then, yeah, he does. He goes down on it right there. Yeah. And- in the woods. And on the on the ground uh-huh. and that's just the beginning it's like literally 10 pages in or something yes it was <laughs> yes I think it's under 30 it's under 30 pages <laughs> in. and that just sets the tone for the rest of the book which is a lot of really steamy sex oh, um so good so good so emily is a i forgot the word but she makes mead mazer it's a mazer mazer amazing yeah and um she has a meadery that she and her best friend run, and she has all these amazing mead recipes, and she has all this knowledge about it, and she mixes the flavors and stuff, and, and he helps her move the business into the center of Stockholm and grow the business this way and get better staff and do that, and it's just like, it's super fun and like interesting to learn about mead, which I did not know a lot about. Mm-hmm. I was definitely like the other people in the book who are like, ew, isn't mead just gross sweet syrupy stuff? Because <laughs> all the mead I've had has been... I don't <laughs> so think I've it was ever nice. had mead. It's nice to know that there's better meat out there and I need to go to Sweden to find it. <laughs> but in the meantime, he also is like, hey, I'm going to date you. And she's like, what? Are you sure? <laughs> so he gives her this token and every time she wishes for something or asks for something, the token will turn from silver to gold. And if it goes completely gold, she'll end up in his hoard. And in order to get her wishes, she does have to make some kind of payment to him. And he uses sex as payment. So it sounds a little icky, but it's not icky. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Because he usually goes down on her. It's usually him instigating the the, the reaction. Yeah. the, The payment. But he also is like, no, we can hang out and do things outside of you making a wish. Like we can start getting into a relationship. Yeah. And it's not just sex for payment. So they start dating. She's a little uncomfortable with herself. Well, she's comfortable with herself, but she has baggage. Yeah. Because she was in a, she was married for a while to a guy named Peter, but they struggled with conception and and fertility. And she was a little heavier and she gained some weight during, you know, the hormone treatments and all the stress of eating Mm -hmm. and of, you know, trying to conceive over and over again. And Peter eventually didn't, wasn't attracted to her. He didn't like her. And you know, she couldn't give him kids, so he was a real asshole about the whole situation and yep. was like, you need to lose weight and you need to have kids. And then he just got his girlfriend pregnant and left her. Yep. Because he sucks as a person. And so she's got a little bit of, like, you know, damage from having 
been in that relationship and she's she's realized you know kids are not in the cards for her and that's okay but this metery is so that's why she's going out of her way to try to save it mm-hmm. and it seems that this really smoking hot dragon dude <laughs> is totally into her even though she's like shouldn't you be dating like a model or something and he's like nah no nope. they're just like pretty trinkets whatever you're substance yes you're real yeah which is super fun and awesome and then they have really good sex for a long time and then her witch coven kind of interferes and causes some trouble yeah and tries to tries to send him away Mm -hmm. and he gets all pissy because he hates witches so he's like fine and he leaves and she's all sad she tells him that she doesn't love him that she was just using yeah totally a lie but she's just using him to save her business and he goes and he like crawls into his horse and like almost dies. Yeah, he starves for weeks. He doesn't eat. <laughs> he starves at his horde until his his brother dragons are like, dude, you gotta get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kind of intervene, and one of them goes and tells her like the truth, like what his history is and why he didn't react super well to the witches. Mm-hmm. And then um, they uh, she calls him back for his last wish. For her last wish. She has, yeah. One last wish and she's like, make me a sandwich. Yep. He's like, that means you're part of my horde. She's like, make me a sandwich, bitch. I want a sandwich. I did love that. Yes. Get get me a sandwich. It was awesome. (laughs) Fucking hilarious. And then they they have some nice uh, horde fucking and Uh, then uh, life is good. Yeah. This fucking book. This book. I fucking love this book. God, this was a good book. (laughs) Now, I normally get interrupted reading books or listening to books anyway, but that's just because I've got like, you know, kids and homework and school and work and husbands and, you know, just normal eating, sleeping, that kind of stuff. Just life. You know, life gets in in the way sometimes. But this one interrupted me in different ways where I was just like, I got to go take a shower. I got to (laughs) go. Hey, don't bother mom. She's going to take a nap with the door closed (laughs) and locked. uh, Something that makes a Uh, If you hear any noises, (laughs) I'm giving myself a massage, you know? It's mom's personal massager. Yes. Mom's personal massager. Dude, I, I mean, I've had books that had done that to me before, but this one was like, oh my God, it was intense. And it was it was more than once, I'll tell you that. It was more than twice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I uh, took this book into the bathtub mm. with my new special toy. Yeah. And a nice bath. First time I've taken a bath in my new house. Nice. I was kind of like, eh, it's not the greatest bathtub. I wasn't super stoked about it, but I was like, done. <laughs> Never mind. It's, bathtub will be fine. Yeah. It's great with this book <laughs> and this new toy. I love yep. you, bathtub. And I was like, yes, this is fun. Oh my God, this book. Shit. So much. These sex. are not just so much, but I swear to God, the best written sex scenes I've read. Yeah, I would have to say. I, I There's just, and I know, I think we probably said it before, but I mean, there's definitely good ones. We've read good ones. Yeah, plenty. This book is so well written mm-hmm. for, you know, I know it's a stereotype of the genre, but not all of our books are great writing. Right. They're, they're fun stories, but sometimes the writing's like, well. <laughs> yeah. But this is absolutely stellar writing. The yeah. characters are developed. Mm-hmm. They are interesting. They have these depths to them. The story is fun. It is like, I mean, it's in the end, it's a witch and a dragon story, but it's 
different. Mm -hmm. Like, we literally just read one of those like a month ago, right? Still good. Mm -hmm. Still completely a different story. It's a different perspective on things. And I just, I think the Sweden angle is really fun. Yeah, I do too. Like, like, so part of that is Ragnar and his brother dragons are actually the sons of Thor. Mm -hmm. I know I said that was the subtitle of the book, but I don't know if I made it clear. (laughs) But so... (laughs) Somehow in the mythology of this world, Thor's sons are dragons. Mm -hmm. And so they're in Sweden. That's all kind of fun. It's so neat. I had an additional, like, just, uh, you know, it touched my heart a little bit because I spent a year living in Finland. So not the same country, but, you know, similar culture, similar feel to the Mm -hmm. country. So it was really interesting to, you know, kind of get that perspective and just so well written. Like, the just, it's... It's subtle humor, it's brilliant storytelling, and like, and then the scenes are just, oh, poof, so good. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and these are the type of scenes, like, they don't even borderline erotica, because you've got the really super descriptive scenes that we've had before, where it was just like, you know, super intense and a little bit harsh in the way of, of its description. But this one was very gracefully written through and through nothing not a goddamn thing was confusing to me which is huge actually i lie there is one thing that's confusing to me but not the sex the sex was not confusing that was very (laughs) (laughs) that was very point blank like he went down on her a lot they had intercourse probably twice but then there's this blowjob scene people so good you guys this is the hands down the best fucking blowjob scene i've ever read i've ever seen in my mind it is incredibly good my fucking most favorite ever and both Kalina and I had <laughs> we marked it down in this but this spot in the book so we'll we will talk about it a little bit later or we could talk about I don't know whenever but it's good it's just <laughs> fucking Ruby oh my god Ruby if you're listening fucking thank you so good she's so good I was just it's just a it's a page turner and mm-hmm. it's like it was a page turner, but it was a page stopper in a good way. Oh, yeah. It was a, yeah, I yeah, need yeah. to fucking take a breath. There were points during that scene specifically where I found myself not breathing. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, I'm going to pass out. And the paramedics are going to find me with this book. And they're going to be like, oh, she's reading about blowjobs. Now I understand. <laughs> it's like, so it's, it's good, guys. We really hope that you guys had read along with us on this one because it's so fucking good. I would strongly, strongly recommend it. I, you know, if you haven't yet, get this book. It is, it is worth every penny, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, it's fun. And it, I was so excited because you know I've said for it's been a couple months now that I've been kind of saying that as much as I love my paranormal books. The stuff about, like, the fate of the world hanging in the balance is too much right now. Because I feel as if the fate of the world is actually <laughs> hanging it's a real by thing. a thread. It's a real thing, guys. <laughs> we are on the brink of the end of civilization <laughs> if we don't get some shit together real soon. So I'm stressed out about that. And when we read books where it's like, oh, no, the... demons are coming and they're going to destroy humanity i'm like oh shit (laughs) and i get sad and i don't like it but this book like the biggest stake is ragnar and emily's relationship Relationship. Mm -hmm. it's i mean the fate of her mead shop and their relationship that's the stakes yep it's not humanity it's not the earth it's not civilization as we know it no (laughs) it's just ideally these two people have a good happy ever after (laughs) 
and her mead shop survives and she keeps making delicious mead in Stockholm forever. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just it. And it's so, it was such a breath of fresh air to have, you know, another book that's kind of scaled back in terms of what's on the line. Yeah. It, it, almost like a contemporary romance in that sense, but still we get our paranormal dragons and we get to fly around and, you know, have really dirty dragon sex mm-hmm. and... <laughs> talking familiars and magic yes. and shit like that his name's whimsy by the way that I found is it. <laughs> his name whimsy he's a smart ass kitty cat one of my favorite things about how ruby wrote this book was you've got the beginning of their relationship where they just met and of course there's this intense attraction between them two and they go through the motions of beginning a relationship or a friendship with the side of making wishes and getting head or <laughs> her getting head i guess <laughs> Him going down on her. But then she builds in the tension, which I fucking love. I loved the tension that she built in this. There was action in this book because there was a fight scene that was in the same clearing where he first went down on her. (laughs) Or at least in my mind it was. (laughs) No, no, it was absolutely the same Was it the same? Okay. Mm -hmm. Because that's where his standing stone is. Oh, okay, right. stone with his mark. That's how she called him. When the coven went out there and was like, they had called him down. (laughs) I just, I love the tension scenes where you find your relationship, right? The person that you're going to fall in love with or whatever, the person that you're meant to be with. In this case, they are fated, they are mates, or maybe not fated, but they are mates. Yeah. But they have this fight scene where then you think, I mean, you know, obviously that they are going to end up together in the end, but you think maybe there's a possibility they actually won't because they were in such an intense fight scene and he loathes witches he fucking hates them and then he finds out that the leader of her coven is actually related to the witch that had betrayed him centuries ago or hundreds of years ago i don't even know Mm -hmm. how long ago millennia so you kind of find out the backstory about that too but it's always that that love story where you think that it's not meant to be or some part of it's forbidden or you're just it's not supposed to happen but it does and that's always my favorite it's always that I can't have you type of love relationship that I enjoy so much. And that is Mm -hmm. what Ruby wrote for me. Yep. No, she definitely did. Well, and I think like those moments when like, it's almost important for there to be that time of a part. Yeah. Because even before the witches did what the witches were going to do, one of their last scenes together, Emily was still like, you know, she really... That was when they went the full sex route Mm -hmm. the first time and they did so many things. And, you know, she really gave, like, he took her out to a really fancy, you know, location, dressed up all nice. And, you know, she went through the whole thing and she really let herself start to think so, like, maybe this is real. But then right before the end, she was like, she pulled away from him because she's, she just, she's still struggling with the idea that she would be the one he would pick. Like, you know, she was so beaten down by her ex-husband and his bullshit that there's still like, there's that voice in a lot of us that is like, you know, you're just like, this is some joke, <laughs> like you know, yeah, some, something, something's going to come around and pull this rug out from under your feet. So it's better to protect yourself and to just be like, nah. Yeah. And so she was already kind of starting to pull away because she's just like, this doesn't seem, this just is too good to be true kind of story. Mm-hmm. And so then you needed the big climatic like fight scene. And it really, even in the scene, she kind 
kind of realized how much she loved him yep. and that it was real, but she was more afraid. She wasn't afraid for herself, but she was more afraid that he might kill her friends. Her coven. And her coven. And and they had attacked him, so she wasn't even like, you know, couldn't be mad at him all that much for trying, yeah. but she didn't want him to. So that's, you know, so that's when they kind of pushed away each other and went their separate ways for a while. And then living so miserably after being so happy for such a, you know, period of time really also heightens that, like, I was happy. Like, that wasn't fake, you know? That relationship did mean something and it did make me happy for a while. And so then once they know the truth about each other, they can push through that argument and get to the real truth of the matter, which is they do love each other. Yeah. And they, they want and to she, be And together. it's totally cool to be in his horde. Yeah. It's not like he's going to put you in a cave and hide <laughs> you away for life. <laughs> She kept saying that, and he just never said that wasn't true. And I was like, dude, if you just said that's not how it yes. works, you're gonna this whole thing would be cleared up. Uh, a little reassurance <laughs> here, buddy. And the great yeah. thing through her whole experience with this is that even though she had so much baggage and bad experiences and relationships in the past, she never changed herself throughout this book for anybody. You know, she went through a lot of changes, like you said, with the infertility, um, her weight gain, and... She's a terrible relationship with her mother, <laughs> with her terrible mother, and her ex-husband was such a dick. But she really stayed true to herself, and she never felt like she really needed to justify herself to anybody, which is amazing, even with all of the stuff that she does. Because even so, she still has self-doubt. But never in this book does she or even Ragnar is like, I need to lose weight, and I'm going to you know, try to take care of myself better or whatever. I don't think that she really had any self-esteem issues except for the relationship part of it you know i mean yeah. she did a little bit when they went to the club and there were all these like really hot supermodels around because she felt a little intimidated right and perhaps a little you know jealous or whatever but the reassurance that she got from ragnar was all she needed and her confidence was yeah. still there yeah absolutely and i think that in the end yeah she she knew she was healthy because she worked really hard at the meadery she carries you know she's she's strong strong she does all of this hard work so everyone who always was telling her that it was unhealthy to be her weight she was just like that's not what you're really telling me right you know she's like i know i'm healthy her doctor says she's healthy her blood work sign like she's fine it's you're not concerned about my health now you just want me to be thinner right and so that was a different you know like and that's all her mom Keep saying, oh my god, her mom. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. I don't know mom. how she has the strength of will to continue to have lunch with her mother every like so often because that woman, all she does is tell her how she should be losing weight and dating somebody and getting married again and being all of this. And I'm just like, stay the fuck out of my life. Just be quiet. <laughs> Let me have this scone. I love that she just like picks up food and eats it, even if she doesn't want to, to piss her mom off. That's, true. that's, that's not healthy, though. I no, don't think it's so. not. It's funny. But... It's funny. Not healthy. You don't use don't use food against other people. It's not good. But no, I did. She's it's so she's just so good. And I think at one point we texted each other, and um, you and I have all of these wild ideas in our lives, right? This Always. is how we ended up with this fucking podcast. Yes. It's because we're constantly like, hey, we're going to do this and that. And this? one of the things we've batted around a lot is the like coffee shop bookstore yes. with pies. <laughs> Cupcakes and, and other pies. Things. 
Yes. And reading this book and reading about So Mode It Be, which for the record is the perfect fucking it's name. Awesome. It's so fucking awesome. And it's, it's So Mode It Be with an, two E's as in Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's so cute. Because ugh, meat is made from honeys. Honey from bees. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so reading about So Mode It Be, all I wanted was like, oh my God, we need our door. We That's need, all we need. We need to open. And we were texting about that. Yes. I was like, why don't we have our coffee this slash book slash wine slash i'm telling slash you pie store we can fucking do this we can do this once this whole fucking and it will have a studio recording and we'll yes. a recording studio and uh that we'll do our podcast we'll there. do our podcast there and we'll have a couple people run it or help us run it be our barista you could do all the baking i can do the studio stuff i mean it'll work we can do this but yes more so than ever after reading this book I want it bad. <laughs> I know. I was so in love with that place. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want to go there so bad. I know. Yeah. So. So should we talk about the sex? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> most of this book was about that. And that is what we're here for. We are in on this. Yeah. So, you know, she makes wishes and the payment, like Kalina said, it's, uh, you know, sex activities. <laughs> Yet again, we're in a book where the guy goes down on the girl a ton. A lot. A lot. (laughs) And I mean, it's good. It's good. The descriptions that are in this book are just fucking, they're vibrant. And they're so detailed that you are literally there. Like you're always in the books that you're reading, or at least the person that is, you know, the main character, whatever. But this was so descriptive in such a beautiful way. That I don't know. It was almost fairy tale. You know what I mean? Like, oh, hundred percent. I can't get even myself to explain it of how incredible no. it was. They have, and you guys know me for the the listeners that are are coming back. <laughs> you guys know that I like no talk during sex, no conversations. I don't even want to hear you grunting. Like, just <laughs> shut the fuck up. Let's just do this. We're good. <laughs> but in most of actually in all of their scenes they're talking they're having conversations they're getting to know each other it was almost kind of like ruby's like i have six hours to write this book i have conversations they need to have i have sex that they need to have i'm just gonna mesh them together and they're gonna do it all at one <laughs> side <laughs> in one scenery and it worked out beautifully <laughs> and so like they're flirting and getting to know each other while he's like fucking eating her out and just like having conversation <laughs> and or when she finally gets to see his dick and oh, it's got a mating so fist. <laughs> you have to explain that, that i think that was one of the best additional like side tensions that there was in the book was that there's like i mean like i said it started off pretty early on with sex like from the beginning but we don't the penis doesn't even pop out of the pants until halfway through the yeah. book it is like well <laughs> past 50 percent of the book when all of a sudden there it is he t- you know we get to see the penis for the first time and i'm just like that like the whole time you're like are we gonna get the penis now no. okay. <laughs> do we get to see the dick now no <laughs> And then finally we get to see the dick and we're like, dick. And it's like <laughs> an intense fucking dick. The most intense dick. We haven't had a dick this intense yet. She, she actually, she sees it and she's like, what do you think you're going to do with that? <laughs> yes, she did say that. She's like, uh. <laughs> she, she does. <laughs> because uh-uh. not 
naturally he's huge like the size of her forearm or something but then well he is a dragon he is a dragon but then these dragons also have and i think he sort of explained it as like all of the paranormal creatures have this at least in this world they have (laughs) it's like a first he's uncircumcised right or yeah Right? Yeah. And then he's got this. I don't know which one you're going with. <laughs> well, I'm oh, you're t- going with the nut. I think we should start with the pheromones. Oh, let's do that. You talk about the pheromones. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. So that, uh, so apparently the dragons have pheromones. And so every time they're together and kissing and touching and all of that, he's imparting pheromones into her that are readying her body for him. For his <laughs> so even size. Though, so even though he's crazy giant and we're all like, holy shit, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, buddy. It's going to be okay, guys, because of magic dragon pheromones. <laughs> Do not fear. Do not worry. (laughs) We have a solution. It's magic dragon pheromones. And so it gets her ready for his his girth because he is... In length and... uh, Oh, yeah, his length. What you want to talk about, which is his knot. Yes, which is his his mating fist, which I think is the most insane thing I think I've ever heard in a book before. And (laughs) insane, not in a bad way. I mean, I automatically thought dogs because they they lock during this mating, like when it's time for them to actually mate and her to be claimed <laughs> around the it's on the base of his cock, right? So it's on the base. I think around like the middle of is it. Is it around the middle? Yeah. I don't know. I imagined it. Well, it's not at the end. Okay. I think it's somewhere in the middle because I think if it's all the way at the base, that's too far down. I mean, that's a... <laughs> it's not going to get in. Sorry. <laughs> a log right there. somewhere because it has to go in far enough to get past the pelvic bone yeah then that's where it knots above it so that you can't pull it out so it's this extra layer of like skin that's muscle muscle that's around there and <laughs> it knots and then you're locked in there for hours and he yeah. continually pumps seed into you for yeah. hours <laughs> so okay hours do you guys remember the conversation we had with 80 about after sex, we do like it when they just stay in there for a little bit. After sex, right? You just hey, oh, we love stay it. Stay there for a little while. Let me just just revel let in me this. keep your penis. I just want your penis <laughs> inside me for a little bit longer until it goes limp and it can no longer withstand being in a cave. This <laughs> Ruby gave us that, but then was like, "I'll fucking double down on this shit and make him stay no. in you for a couple of hours." <laughs> I Okay, I was surprised you were surprised by this, but then I realized that a book I thought we both read, only I read. (laughs) So one of the um, Midnight Coven books from one of the witch, I think it's from the witch series, not the... The third one. Okay. And I think it's Amelia Hutchins's book. The male, the guy is a werewolf and they not like this. Oh. And so there's a whole, I mean, and it's, it's different. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Well, Amelia Hutchins does not write nice, gentle sex. Oh, okay. <laughs> Any of her sex. It's all very intense. Okay. <laughs> and hard. 
so, but so there was a very intense and not sweet nodding scene in that book. And so that's why when this happened, I was like, oh, yeah, I know about this. And then you were like shocked. And I was like, but it was in the Amelia book. And then I was like, oh, you didn't read it. No, I didn't read it. That's why I was was like, it's like dogs. Oh, my God. This one is definitely you want to read this one. Yeah, this one's much. This one's fine. This one's nicer. Yeah, I mean, I like Amelia's books, but there's a certain it's like a caveat type book where like it starts all of her books start in the beginning with like, you aren't going to like my men. (laughs) They're not good guys. Okay. Especially like in the beginning. I think they all end up having like good hearts but they are hard aggressive people like it's 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 a different kind of manly manly man not just but not manly man no not manly just matcha nope just mean (laughs) i don't know okay you have to read them you have to read them okay i can't say because i don't want to all right you know yeah yeah, it just depends on if you like it or not sure do i want to read only books like that no but occasionally I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll take a okay. shot of it. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so that's, yeah. So I think because he's a werewolf in that book and, and you said it's a dog thing in real life, in real, real yeah. world. Yes, in real, it's real. A, it's So I think it is like a, a shifter. I think it's in some shifter type stories and, and werewolf stories. Okay. I haven't seen it in a, any of our dragons before. No. But, but I can see how it would be part of the lore. And that's why it surprised me so much. And that's why I was just, that's why I texted you. It's like, oh my God, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And you're like... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay, she obviously wasn't as excited as I was. <laughs> well, because I still had that last yeah. one in my head and I was like traumatized slightly. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no, I yeah. hope this doesn't go that way. And it didn't. And so this we're all scene okay. didn't happen until the very end when after the fighting and they'd made up and she ordered a sandwich and, you know, she became part of his his. I- actually found it quite interesting that they went ahead with the full nodding scene at that point because he was literally starving to death i thought the same thing too i thought he was like wilting away and so like he only had like a four pack instead of a six pack right and like i have, i pictured like tom hanks coming off of the island and cast away. emaciated right like completely yeah. like skin with like a foot long beard and yeah. like just pissed. I mean, he already had like foot long hair, so I, you know, that's true. He did have couldn't really get long any hair. longer. <laughs> and like he probably hadn't showered, you know. I know. I was just because it sounded like he was in a really bad yes. shape. Yeah. And then he instantly was like, "I'm up for sex for hours," and I'm like, "Are you? <laughs> I'm not." <laughs> I need like some prep. I need some like calisthenics. I need to do a couple of yogic moves. <laughs> I need to sleep for a couple of days. I thought about that too, but then I was like, carbo load the day right? before. Yes. <laughs> I need to prep. I need to do like seven push ups. sex. <laughs> I need to run around the block once. Just seven. <laughs> Any more or less is the wrong number. <laughs> Seven. Just seven push-ups. That's it. Perfect. It's the perfect number of push-ups just to get you in peak multi-hour-long sex That's all you need. That that works. That's what I've heard. Yeah. But no, I I, I was too. And then it started. I was like, okay, I don't care. If he didn't care, I I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, well, obviously he's not going to die. So let's do it. Ah. But my favorite scene was the blowjob scene. Out of all of the sex scenes, the blowjob scene was the best. Probably, hands down, the best blowjob scene that we've gotten in any of the ones that we've read. Yeah. Probably one of my just my favorites. 
look, if you guys need a know how to guide, if you need to learn how to give like really good head, fucking I do that. I need that help. Chapter 17, <laughs> page 155. I'm not fucking kidding you guys. I highlighted this shit. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to experiment. It's going to be glorious. Yeah, yeah. It's whew. it's good. It's so good. Well, and I love See, this is what we've been saying with other books sometimes. You know, where if it's too much, like, obviously, we want the girls to get pleasure. We want all of that. Yeah. All the pleasure for us, ladies. But there is pleasure to be had. Giving pleasure. In deriving pleasure from your partner. Mm -hmm. So in some of the books where it's just like, no, don't touch me. I'm going to do all this for you. And it's like, give her some, like, he just stands back and he's like, explore at your will. And so we get the beautiful beginning of the scene where she like, like Mm -hmm. slowly undresses him and wraps him like a, because she hasn't seen him fully before. So this is like a big, nice, giant package unwrap and see how it goes. And then... She gets to like feel everything and taste everything and just go at her own pace. And he just lets her. Yeah. It's like that having that power and like, you know, <laughs> she's at one point, she's like, he's so wet for me, oh. which is oh. so great. I fucking love that. I love that line. It's such a turn on so the phrase. It's constantly what yes. women are being told yes. in these books or in real life. I've been told that a lot. Yeah. And it's not my favorite line to hear. <laughs> Why did I spill my drink down there? I'm like, and I know it's supposed to be sexy, but for some reason it doesn't, I don't feel that. Well, because of all of the things, you know, women are told that their bodies are gross and disgusting. So I'm like, oh, is that awful? What? What? No, it turns out it's good. I'm sorry? (laughs) Like, oh, I can be dry. No, I can't. I don't have control over that. No, don't. (laughs) But anyway, so... It was just like, yeah, so she flips it on it and it's like, he's so wet for me. And it's like, yeah, I want him to be wet, you know, because he's dripping pre-cum everywhere. It's so good. It's just, and then, yeah, she just, she gets to control the situation and like he gets to be at her mercy. And that's sexy and that's empowering. And usually I think other blowjob scenes fall short because they aren't, they don't take as much of that pride and that pleasure and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's still too much of the being driven by the man. Yeah. So this book is written with his view in chapters and her view in chapters. And I believe this was her view in the chapter. Yeah. And so she got to describe what she was doing to him instead of what he was feeling. It was what she was giving to him. And so you got this line by line, just step by step version of everything that she was doing and and the things that he was like, how his body was responding. So when she'd finally put her mouth on him, he was just like, if you keep doing that, I'm going to die. And she's like, well, what if I stop? And he's like, well, then I'll definitely die. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) so like the talking that's happening through it is it intensifies the moment. So it's not it's just so... the descriptors, but it's how they are reacting with each other too. It's so and great. And like at one point he's like, where'd you learn to do that? And she just hums. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So huh? real. I was like, ooh, ooh. I know, right? Because you can't talk because yeah. you got a dick in your mouth. <laughs> you can't talk when there's dicks oh, in my mouth. God, it's so good. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, you know, she brings him to completion at the end, which is also the first time he's orgasmed at all in the book. Because mm-hmm. he's always just been giving her pleasure yep. throughout the rest. So it's just. I guess he goes home and showers or something. I don't know. <laughs> but so that's really neat. And it's just, 
it is it's like three pages long and it's so good it is it's long it starts off i mean i think the one of the funnest things to do is to undress your partner especially if the package is like incredible right so you're thinking of ragnar of course you're thinking of thor who is fucking chris hemsworth fuck yeah i i mean <laughs> it was very distracting in a good way yeah <laughs> in a good way so Oh, good scene. That was such a good scene, you guys. It was so squishy. I've got it. <laughs> sorry, I'm. I'm. We're now like I can't talk anymore. No, I got. Go, sorry, <laughs> we're gonna take a pause. We're gonna take a our first ever break in our episode. Oh, <laughs> we got to talk about something else before we're both like we do drooling. And I'm in my closet and I can't do anything about it. Oh, isn't that where you keep your toys? No, it's in my, my nightstand right next to me. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. I get you. Anyway, we should move on. What else did we talk about? Well, I mean, let's, uh, I mean, we've talked about his dick. So let's do our kiss and tell. Oh, we should do that. Yeah. Yeah. So he is very obviously and very frequently described as uncircumcised. Mm-hmm. His foreskin is played with quite a bit in the book. And so we thought, hey. Have you ever slept with an uncircumcised man? <laughs> we thought it'd be fun to talk about. Sure. And show pictures. Ready? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken picture of all of the dicks. Uh, I've only had that one. Be, yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I've only had one and I was young. I was younger. I was a teenager. Yeah. And he was actually the one where I started having sex like I lost my rigidity really young right but I didn't Uh continually have sex after I did it was Mm -hmm. four or five years later that Mm -hmm. I started like actually being active and that was with my ex-fiance actually when I was younger and he was not circumcised I don't I don't really remember it to tell you the truth it was 20 years ago I I don't remember (laughs) it so was mine And I don't either, because it's not common here. No. And mine was, yeah, I don't remember. I don't think I noticed all that much. No. Because it was always pretty, like, erect, and then just, it just was there, right? (laughs) It was. I think it's much more noticeable in a, like, in its placid state, I think. Yeah. But again, I'm not, I'm not familiar with it. So it's not something I'm, tw- you know, 20 years is a long time. Yeah. And I've seen so many, so many penises. <laughs> <laughs> My repertoire of penis is just oh, a giant number of penises. <laughs> and that being like the first, it wasn't the first full one I've ever seen, obviously, but yeah. it was the first one that I recognized was different. Uh-huh. But I don't, like, I couldn't explain it to you what it looks like <laughs> at all no. because all the ones after that were yeah I so know. and they're all funny anyway <laughs> they all are so funny most poor penises i mean they're great i love them but sure they you know so did you i don't know if this is appropriate maybe we shouldn't talk about it i don't care say it did you circumcise your kids your boys yes and so uh dan and i had a really it wasn't even that long of a talk because i'm like whatever but the night before we found out that we were having boys, we actually thought we were having girls. And so that was never really crossed our minds. But then Dan had some weird epiphany and then he was like, oh, my God, we're having boys. And then I said, well, because I've never had a penis before, I don't know what it's like 
you know, like, I just don't know what the rules are with that. I don't know what the health risks. I don't know any of that stuff. So I'm going to let you make the decision on that. My preference would be to have them circumcised. And he says, absolutely, they're going to be. So yeah, our boys are. Mm-hmm. So is Dan. Yeah. I mean, it's not, doesn't affect my life. So my opinion is of zero importance. <laughs> <laughs> with all that said, I have one. <laughs> Just in the last, I don't know, five or six years, I've been reading some stuff and I've read some articles and it turns out that the prevalence of it in America is not due to anything health related or cleanliness related, but to the religious belief that it would prevent masturbation and sin. So they started doing it a lot for that reason. Because, you know, we're naturally a stupid society. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Now... I'm not going to get into the religious aspects of it, because obviously in Judaism, it's a religious right for right. boys. So I can't, I'm not speaking on that. That is religion. And I don't, I got nothing to say. We about don't it. dwell on that. <laughs> no, thank you. But so the more I found out about that, I'm like, well, why do we keep doing it then? And it's because we have this idea as a society that it's cleaner, right? Mm-hmm. But apparently, if you just teach them to clean it, it can be clean anyway. I mean, it's natural. It's the way it is, you know? Yeah. But then you'd have to teach boys. Boys to clean. <laughs> well, boys are already dirty, so you got to teach them to clean anyway. Like that's just a step to help them out, right? I can. I don't have kids. I don't have to make any of these choices. I'm just saying what I've seen lately sure. and how. And there was a really valid argument. Like, well, why are we? Unless there is a medical reason, why are we continuing to do this? Mm-hmm. Like, if there isn't a medical reason, then maybe we need to kind of reevaluate it. I also started to think about it once. The issue of female genital mutilation came up so yeah. much because I'm 100% opposed to that. It's awful. It's, yes. you know, cutting out the clit and it's terrible. And But they have similar arguments, quote unquote arguments, you know, right? It's awful. And I'm against it. But I was like, well, you know what? I'm against, you know, no one should be mutilating baby parts. <laughs> Leave baby parts alone. <laughs> Leave baby but parts again, alone. Like I said, I am not a parent. I will not have to make choices for any infants coming into this world. So... To each their own. Everyone do what they will. Yeah. See, it- <laughs> but I think it's just interesting to know the stories that we sometimes know about things aren't really the history of them. Oh, definitely. Because that's definitely a misnomer. I mean, even I just said it just now. I don't know what the health aspects or anything of it. And mm-hmm. I do understand the cleanliness of it because it does take a little bit more to care for. But for me, I think... I don't think there's anything comparable to female genital mutilation. No, I, think, I, I don't want to say yeah. that they're the same either. No, no, no. And I know you're not saying that. I would compare it more to when a dog gets their tail cropped, right? I right. know that sounds terrible, but I mean, I watched it for, for one of my boys. I didn't get to see it for the other, but, and it, they didn't feel anything. They don't, they don't remember it. It didn't hurt him. I mean, mm-hmm. I would assume. It would have hurt him. He would have cried, right? But he didn't. He was just like, whatever. Falls off a couple of <laughs> days later and you're done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just how I I related to that yeah. a lot. So, But I, I think you're right. Think that's all fine. On that. So, like, well, I think you're right. It's like, it's a good question as far as why do we keep doing it if what we thought we were doing it for is no longer valid. Yeah. Or it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. Instead of just doing it because everyone else has, like, you know, or. Just maybe investigate a little bit and then still make up your own mind as to what is best for your family. Yeah. That's all that anyone should do. But it's just interesting because I hadn't ever thought of it. And then I saw a video that was like, do you know why we really do this? And I was like, I don't know. Why. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I did know that it is not common in the rest of the world. Yeah, it's really in the rest of the world. It's mostly only a religious thing. If you know, you're Jewish, you're most likely circumcised. But like throughout a lot of Europe, if you're not Jewish, if you're, you know. The other men in Europe are not. 
not all of them, but most of them are not. Sure. But it's so prevalent in America. And I was just like, that's weird. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started to like look at it and be like, oh, of course, religion. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like <laughs> you know, that's where the Christianity a lot of things angle where from. they're like, oh, masturbation's bad. Take their penises. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's so sickening. But Right. So anyway, that's Ragnar has foreskin. Yeah. Yeah, foreskin dragon. Go that. <laughs> and it does seem like it's fun to play with. I just don't. I wish I remembered better. I but can't. I didn't, and I only encountered it once, so I didn't get a chance to like. I do like when Dan and I are being playful. I do kind of like pull his skin down. I'm like, hey, here's what it would look like. If it... And then he tells me to stop because it tickles. And... <laughs> He's like, stop it. But, you know, but once it's, like, fully erect, you can't do it anymore. <laughs> no. No, there's not so just much like you can do. That is just, like, a normal penis. Bleh. <laughs> Those damn normal erect normal penises. Normal-looking penises. What good are they? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs that in their life? <laughs> uh, all right. Like, I think there's probably a million other things we could talk about with this book, but I've run out of. Look. Uh, like, I don't remember what we, we were talk about. We do tell people to read, um, like, all of the books that we read, you know? Like, after we've read them and talked about them. But I, I'm, I'm pretty like, sure there's only two we've ever said don't read this book. That's true. <laughs> there are only two. But this one I'm, like, dead serious about, you guys. This I'm 100% so yeah. good. Like, you're doing yourself a disservice by reading <laughs> this book. Yeah. And, you you know, we have been in contact with Ruby yeah. about possibly doing an interview, and we hope to be able to do that in the future because we've got some of her next books in our queue or at least downloaded in our, our list or whatever. So we're hopeful that that can be something in the future because we would love to get into a deep conversation with Ruby and her characters because this is such an incredible book. We loved it. Well, yeah. And so there's a Christmas short mm-hmm. about Emily and Ragnar out currently. If you read this and you want more, you can do that. And then book two is coming out. I think the first part is out. It's coming out in pieces. So it's part one and part two. And the part one does end on a cliffhanger, she said. So beware. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're hoping sometime next year to be able to interview her about the whole of book two. So we'll be able to read part one and part two together. And part two and, and is Linnea, who is Emily's best friend. Part one. Yeah. The whole the part. I think the whole book is. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm. The whole book two. The yeah. whole book two. Yeah. Is. Uh, yeah. What did I say? Part two. Well, it's confusing because book two come, is out oh, in, right, two parts. in two parts. Book, book two. two it, part one and book two part yeah. two. But I think all of book two is about Linnea. That's what I meant. And then book two. I know. It's all about Linnea and a water dragon. Yes. Yes. Which let's read about a Maybe sex we water want dragon. the men water instead of the female water because sirens and mermaids haven't done it for us yet. So we've been disappointed with our siren mermaids. So this one sounds super fun. Although, wasn't our first mermaid men mermaids? Yes. Why did I have to bring that up? <laughs> Sorry. The one that we always forget about. Yeah, you're right. Like they were. Remember. Yeah. So yeah. First off, the bottom line is read the book, and the second bottom line <laughs> is hopefully next year we will c- return to this series because we love it, and we'll be able to do it with Ruby on the podcast. In yeah, uh, 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 hopefully. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Moving along. Awesome. Should we rate the book? Let's do our fun fuck fact. Oh, sure. (laughs) If you insist. (laughs) So as we discover in a future episode that you guys don't know about yet, but will come up (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I realized this is kept coming out out of order. <laughs> we got tired of trying to tie the fun fuck facts into the book. The theme of the book. And it ended up with us coming up with not very fun fuck facts. Yeah. And they were stupid and we were just barely talking about them. And we're like, why are we keep doing a segment that isn't entertaining? Yes. And even to us, we weren't entertained by it. So <laughs> no way you guys were. So we've decided instead to just do random fun sex articles that we find. Well, going back to the Ridge. This is the way it's supposed to be, guys. Sometimes we get off track and then we have to find our way home. <laughs> so <laughs> this is, but I mean, we can find a way to tie this in because we're smart people and we can do whatever we want. I bet you we will. I bet we will too. So this is an article on greatest.com and it is called Dirty Talk, 15 Tips for Getting Your Mind in the Gutter, According to a Dom. And it's written by Gabrielle Cassell, and it's from May 11th, 2020. So I'm just going to give you a couple of the tips. I'm not going to read all 15 because I'm not, I didn't write this article. Because we're not, not okay. Job. <laughs> Go read it. But like, hey, if as we've discussed, sex talking and dirty talking is not our strong suits. And Salette doesn't even want you to breathe during sex. She'd prefer if you were a corpse. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> no, not a corpse. Okay, not a corpse, just a sex doll. Uh, yes, I'll take the sex doll. Just a machine. But, um, so maybe a little, like a couple of tips on how to get started on it will make everyone more comfortable with dirty talk and it'll help us because they were very good in this book yeah and we liked that so see we brought it there's the tie we did it (laughs) so step one invite your partner to sext with you have you ever done that oh yeah sexting bad stuff i have two i haven't lately it's been a long 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 time i won't ever send pictures ever again though i've done that before and i don't i'm just you know yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to do that That's anymore. on, like, all the servers in the world, then, yeah. and, like, you have zero control on that shit, yep. so... So I'm going to go with that. You can come see it in person. <laughs> yes! <laughs> you know what it looks like. We've been married for 20 years, god damn it. So, um, then, build up slowly, so you don't have to go guns blazing no. to the hard R at the beginning, or NC-17. <laughs> you can start out in the kiddie pool and, like, build up to it. Nice. Uh, describe a scene. Use erotica for inspo, i.e. this book. Uh, yeah. Chapter 17, I- page 155. <laughs> Seriously, just do it. So my favorite all-time, all-time, all-time favorite scene is that one from Katie McAllister's book. With the, the Lays, Chaise, the Chaise Lounge. Lounge. Yeah, the Chaise Lounge sex scene, which is like still like inbred, like just, just yes. imprinted in my brain and I love it to death. I actually like screenshotted all of that <laughs> scene and sent it to Patrick. Nice. I was like, learn, learn this. Yes, this is my favorite thing. <laughs> um, they do jump to send a nude, mm. so we've already said not quite our style, but you know, maybe sketch one out on paper and maybe then give it to him. I could do that, or send a nude of someone else and say, <laughs> "Let me Google." <laughs> He's a really sexy nudes. naked person. <laughs> Come home and have sex with me. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I just lost track of where I was. But anyway. <laughs> you said to s- send nudes. Yes. And then it kind of goes off. So those are some tips in the beginning. And then it has some new things like sample phrases. And so 
things that you like, things that you want to hear, blah, blah, blah. Type. So it just has some phrases in it to help. I'm just, that's enough. Everyone go read the article. <laughs> so what is your partner's favorite thing to hear from you? Do you have something? Like I don't know. You don't know. I'd have to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd actually have to have a conversation with him. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> no. You know, that gets him like real riled up and like just totally. I know what it. you're saying, Sela, and I don't have an answer. <laughs> And now I feel bad about no, myself and no. my sex life. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, so that so there's that was from greatest.com. Awesome. Talk dirty talk. Okay, now we can rate. Now we can rate. Let's do it on three or after three. Well let's do our thing. I like it when we do it together. Okay. Ready? Yes. One, two, three, ten. ten. <laughs> it's really easy at ten. This one's not even a question. Not at all. It was great. I just loved it. Yep. And like I I mean, I am thoroughly impressed with the writing in this book. It was very well put together. It paced. It was well paced. Mm-hmm. At no point did it drag. Did it? There was nothing that seemed extraneous. Like, why the fuck is this scene happening? Like, like her flashback scenes, have... right? Mm-hmm. I yeah. always have problems with flashback scenes. I don't right? yes, like Yes, I usually them. hate them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we hate I, going backwards I in don't time. like it. But here... It's great. Like, it's different when somebody just, like, tells you about a memory, but the flashback scenes take you to the actual moment, right? This one, yeah. she does so fucking well. It's different than the ones that we've had before, because those ones are always usually, not always, but usually really confusing. You did say at the very beginning that you were confused about one thing, and then oh. you never said what it was, and I want to know what it is. Oh, so, like, her next wish was to get help, right? In the store, or in the meadery. And so uh-huh. he sent Veronica... Was that her name? Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know. Let's say it was. The American that showed up and was uh-huh. hired on the spot because she was just so amazing. Did she get fired then because she did something to the, something happened no. to the wine cellar? I was confused about that. Oh, because no. then the next assistant was there because they had to replace someone. No, no, no. So um, Veronica's going to manage the front of the house. So she's in charge of the wait staff, the day-to-day, the bar, the food, the, okay. you know, menu. Because Emily is focused on making the mead and Linnea is focused on the business of the place. So she's doing the books and she's keeping payroll and she's probably doing all like their taxes and their filings and okay. and ordering and stuff like that. So neither of them are present in the house. So they kept getting reviews that they just like they had bad staff and they didn't. Okay. You know, things weren't as good as they should. So so Veronica was hired to man the staff and like the house and to make sure it ran like a good restaurant, a good place. The assistant at the end is to help Emily in the meadery. Okay. Because like actually make the meat because she needs an assistant. She's doing absolutely all of it herself. Yeah. And now she's like happy and has a relationship outside of the meadery. And so she's like, I want to take a vacation and I can't do that when I do everything. Okay. Because mead has to be tended. Like it's like she said, it's living organism. It's yeast. And you have to like take care of it. So precisely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's why there there were two hires, but no one got fired. Veronica's still there okay. doing her thing. So that's what I was confused about. It was just that part. Okay. I thought... For some reason, I was like, wait a minute, I don't remember Veronica fucking up, but they had just talked about an assistant from before that fucked up. 
Yes, that never yes, made it yes. into Somebody, the story. Okay. The the last like before the book started, they had she Linnea had tried to have an assistant help Emily. Okay. And she, it went badly, so now Emily is opposed to assistance. <laughs> She's like, I can do it myself. I don't need yeah, it. I got it now. That was the only thing. It was it had nothing to yes. do with the fly. It was just that part of the storyline where I just missed it somehow. Yeah. No, everything else. No, is I, great. and that's I, I can see that because the meat did have the flood happen and that was a problem. Yeah. And Veronica was around for that and had to tell her about it. <laughs> yeah. Sucked. And then we really didn't go back to the meadery a lot after that so i can see and then all of a sudden we're there at the end and the assistant's getting hired so i can see how maybe you miss yeah i thought maybe i'd missed that she got pissed at veronica for that happening and got her fired but also i was like veronica wasn't an assistant so i don't uh i was just it was just how my mind got boggled with that so but But that's i'm straight now thank you we're we fixed it already so yeah go read the book (laughs) cool um so yeah so for our next book we are going to be reading All I Want for Christmas is a Vampire. You guys, I'm getting my vampire that I've missed so much. You wanted a vampire so for long. so long. Um, and this is by Carolyn Sparks, narrated by Colleen Marlo- Marlowe? Car- Colleen? Sure. Yeah, let's just say that. That's what we're going to say it is. Colleen Marlowe. So yeah, so join us next time for that. Yeah, and it'll be fun. And it'll be Christmas time by then. Merry Even though in Christmas, our world it's not Christmas time. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, thanks for coming back, guys. We really appreciate it. And we hope you keep listening. In the meantime, please reach out to us on our social media at Shh Dirty Books on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And you can email us directly at shdirtybooks at gmail.com. And for all of those, it is sh with three H's. And you can visit us on our website at shdirtybooks.com and most places that you can find podcasts. And if you can, please go to any of those streaming places and give us a rate and a review. That would be so awesome. If you are returning listeners and you like to hear our weird, fun, (laughs) sexy little talks. We love that. And we would really love it if you guys did reach out. So that'd be amazing. Yeah. And uh, thanks, Jim Towson, for the music. It's always a pleasure. uh, It's so good. Mm -hmm. Makes us sound so professional. It does. (laughs) At least at the beginning and the end until we start talking. (laughs) And then it's like, what happened? (laughs) Who are these crazy Good until. All right. (laughs) Well, we will see you next time. Yeah. This is Selah. And this is Kalina. Bye-bye. Listening to Shh, reading dirty books with Galena and Saylet. Be sure to tune into the next episode. Some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.